So it's very natural to wonder what other people think of you, to wonder if they like you, to compare yourself. That's just part of biology of being a human. We're social creatures. But I think by building confidence and having meaning in your life, which means living in line with values that are important to you, you will focus on that more and it won't affect you as much wondering what everybody thinks about you all the time. I'm Lindsay. I'm here to teach you proven strategies to be your own therapist that will take you from anxious to relieved. I'm here to help you feel lighter and hopeful while building a life full of meaning. I'm a licensed anxiety therapist running a successful private practice in New York City. So from someone that gives therapy and has been in therapy, I'm here to help you use the formula that moved me forward through serious anxiety in my own life. So follow along as I share what works and what doesn't. This is Unlock Your Therapy. Hello and welcome to the Unlock Your Therapy podcast. This is session number 24. Good morning, everybody. I'm watching my birds eat outside the kitchen window and a squirrel is going to town on the bird food I just put out there. We got a dusting of snow overnight, which made me so happy. Carson woke me up at five in the morning and he couldn't fall back asleep. So the coating of snow made me happy when I saw that at 5 a.m. So that was nice. It added a little smile to my face, even though I was not happy waking up so early this morning. So I wanted to give the birds some extra food out there since it's very cold today. I hope you're all having a good week. Today's episode is going through highs and lows where I share a high about something in my week that went well to reflect and have gratitude on the little moments throughout the week that just pass us by unless we take a minute to think back on our week. And a low, which I just share something that didn't go as well to just share my life with all of you and to normalize that things don't go well all the time. Next after that is anxiety, where I spill the tea and the hot goss on something related to mental health, a book review, something in the media or a new mental health research topic. So this week's anxiety is about New Year's resolutions. Since that's a hot topic, I'm seeing it all over social media already. And I want to address it from the standpoint of anxiety and doing something a bit different than the normal New Year's resolutions, especially since 80% of them fail within like one month. So I want to share the perspective of acceptance and commitment therapy in regards to setting New Year's resolutions that serve you well and set you up for success and a healthy mindset. After anxiety, we're going to go into skill of the week where I'm going to talk about how to deal with thoughts around what others think of you and wondering if a conversation went well or not, replaying it in your head, wondering if people are judging you, and getting obsessive around other people's perspectives of you. We're going to get into that and a skill that can really help you with that scenario because a lot of people struggle with feeling like they're being judged by others, wondering if others are judging them, causing social anxiety to happen. So we're going to get into some things that will be helpful especially with the holiday season coming up. 
having to visit people, a lot of things being posted on social media of holiday times and feeling judged or comparison with that. After skill of the week is action item of the week where I give you an action item to take away, use this week and apply to real life. So let's get into it. Hi and low. So I'll share my high first. My high is that I started taking Spanish lessons with a tutor online through video tutoring. My good friend and colleague gave me the name of a website, Preply, if anybody's interested, P-R-E-P-L-Y. I'll put it in the show notes. And you can take lessons in I don't even know how many different languages, so many different languages, thousands of tutors. You can read reviews and you can specify what country you would like a tutor from and the reason why you want to learn that language. So I love Costa Rica. I've been there four times. I stayed there for a month and immersed myself in Spanish there and did some social work there. And I just love Costa Rica. We went there on our honeymoon. I took my mom there. It's just such a fond place in my heart. And to me, Costa Rican Spanish is the Spanish that I started to know the most since I was there doing an immersive program, like taking six hours plus of Spanish every day, living with a host family. So I love it because I know the country pretty well since I've traveled all around it. It's not a very big country. And It's just so nice to have a tutor from Costa Rica. And it makes me also just remember vacation times and just my love for that country. So it's it's great. Like I'm learning Spanish and doing hard work with her. It's not easy, but it's also this fun element for me, knowing that she's in Costa Rica and she talks about where she lives and the songs she shares during our lessons are... Costa Rican songs. So it's just really nice. So it's just an element of fun and joy mixed in with trying to learn Spanish. And it lines up with a value for me. And my value is to help my children learn. And I really want them to learn Spanish. Dan is his first language is Spanish. And he talks to our kids in Spanish all the time, only in Spanish. But Carson's not speaking as much in Spanish as he used to because he's in school all day speaking English. And it was much better when we had our babysitter who spoke to him only in Spanish. He was doing really well. He was speaking about 50% of his sentences and everything were in Spanish for a good long time. And now he understands everything in Spanish, but he's not as willing to just freely speak it unless prompted. So I want to learn Spanish to try to help him. Anyway, that's my long-winded high. (laughs) And also just the holiday season is giving me joy, seeing Carson so excited and he's understanding Elf on the Shelf a little bit. He's kind of understanding Santa Claus and he's getting excited for Christmas and they're doing all these little fun things at school. And it's just nice to see it through a three-year-old's eyes. And it's more and more fun every year that he gets it more and more. So it's been great. And my low is just some ups and downs with our Vermont property. We're in contract for a piece of land in Vermont. And I'm very excited about it, but there's some issues with the property and some inspections we did. So we have to renegotiate our contract or we may 
walk away from the contract, which we can do because we put a lot of contingencies in our contract. But yeah, it's just a little bit of a bummer because I like the land and there's just some negatives about it. So to be determined, we're figuring some things out this week and we should have an answer by the end of this week if we're going to stay on contract or walk away at this point. So we'll see. Anxiety. Okay. So now for anxiety, I want to talk about New Year's resolutions. So we all know New Year's resolutions mostly don't work out. A lot of people don't even bother setting them, which is great. (laughs) But if you do set them or you want to set them, or it's just an opportunity for a new habit you want to cultivate, it's nice to think about self-improvement and doing different things you want to do. I think that's a healthy thing and can be really fun. But for New Year's resolutions, it's a nice way to think about them can be just thinking about values you want to live more in line with. So we talk a lot about values in terms of treating anxiety, healing from anxiety. The first step of that is identifying values in your life and which values are most important to you during this season of life. And just picking like three, maybe, of what's most important right now that just stands out to you. And then when you make different choices, let's say for your New Year's resolution, you pick that you want to read more, right? And what value is that? That you want to learn more or you value joy and leisure and you just want to nourish that part of yourself or creativity and reading will help fuel that value you have and be living in line with that value as a person that reads more. So when you're faced with that choice decision, right, and trying to make those little choices more conscious. So if you pick up your phone to scroll social media, but you kind of told yourself that you want to read for 15 minutes in bed before you go to sleep, you know, that's called a choice point. So at that point, just acknowledging, oh, okay, this is a choice I'm making. You're bringing it more to your conscious so that it's an actual decision. And with that, there's something called the stop exercise, which is just stopping to pause for a minute and taking three deep breaths, sitting with the discomfort of having to read versus social media is easier and mindless, and then trying to make a choice in line with your value. So that's just a little exercise that can help you be more aware of these unconscious, automatic, rote behaviors we all have. So for me, it's sugar, right? So I work at home all day. I buy Carson little, you know, animal crackers or little graham cracker treats. I just got these like graham cracker little cookie things from Trader Joe's and I'll snack on them as I'm walking by, right? That's like, a, you know, I'm consciously doing it, but it's an automatic behavior because I've just like allowed myself to constantly do that and not think much about it. But now, you know, if I'm trying to live in line with health and trying to nourish myself, what I will try to do, if that's important to me, I will try to pause and take a minute before taking a handful of these little cracker cookies and eating them all. (laughs) So I can pause and I can say, well, you know what? A serving size is 15 of these little cracker cookies and I'm going to have those. And that helps me feel like I can have these. And then I'm going to, you know, 
make something healthy for lunch today and I won't snack on these during the afternoon. I'll put these up in the cabinet so they're not visible on the counter or whatever, right? So that's just in line with health. Is this behavior going to make me more in line with my value of health or not in line with my value of health at all and feed into these automatic behaviors that I've been doing? So that's just an example. It could be anything, right? To go for a 10-minute walk. Trying to build it into something you already do can be really helpful. I've talked about that before. It's called piggybacking. So if there's a new behavior you want to do, try to piggyback it on something you already do. So for example, when I want to take like a 20-minute walk, I'll try to time it so that I go take my walk and right from my walk, I get in my car and I go pick up my kids from school. Because in that hour of the last hour of my day before I have to pick them up, I'm not like seeing a client or doing anything that I can't go for a walk. So I'll try to time it that way. Of like, okay, go for your walk around the neighborhood, walk a mile, and then end up back at your car, go right into your car and get the kids. It also helps me walk a little faster (laughs) so that I'm not late picking them up. So something that's attached to a behavior you always do every single day. It could be, I want to drink a full glass of water. Well, put a cup, an empty glass next to your coffee pot so that it triggers you. Okay, before I have my morning coffee, I'm going to drink a full glass of water. So just little things that you already do, piggybacking a habit that is in line with a value that you want to be in line with, contribute to. I hope that makes sense. And you know, you also don't have to set any of these. Part of acceptance and commitment therapy is also deciding what you need each day in line with values. So in line with my values today, what do I need? What do what can I do today that will serve me well? So it's also just picking things that day that you need for yourself. Like, okay, I got a lot less sleep last night. So maybe I need a little slower time this morning before jumping in my meetings immediately. So let me just give myself a little quiet time and not have anything playing, not be listening to podcasts, just like drinking my coffee, warming up on email and easy tasks to get my brain in the right space because I know I'm tired. I created something brand new, the No More People Pleasing mini course. I help women to stop people pleasing and put themselves first without the guilt. What would life look like if you could stop asking your partner to order food for you in a restaurant? or ask your boss for that raise you're long overdue for. I'm gonna teach you four proven strategies, research proven strategies, that's gonna bring you from people pleasing and passive to empowered and confident. You're gonna use my outline, my scripts, my beautifully designed PDFs to get the exact skills you need to become more assertive in your life. I'm gonna teach you four skills through my videos and worksheets that's gonna bring you to a place of confidence and being assertive in your life. You're gonna get my beautifully designed self-esteem daily journal to print out, my practice assignments to start changing your mindset and your behaviors. If you sign up now before I launch, you can get it for $29. That's the lowest it will ever be. And I'm giving everyone who signs up now a bonus gift. So go to at Unlock Your Therapy on Instagram, click the link in my bio to get on the list. So next up, let's get into skill of the week. Skill of the week is building confidence and trying to soothe your concerns about other people's judgments and what they think about you. So it's very natural to wonder what other people 
think of you, to wonder if they like you, to compare yourself. That's just part of biology of being a human. We're social creatures and that has served us well, but it can get out of hand, right? So when we're going to different parties or going to people's houses, people who have anxiety tend to ruminate about what others think of them. They get too in their head, then they feel socially awkward. Now they're thinking about that. And it can really just be a whole spiral for people who suffer with that. So how do we not care? Well, the answer is we still care. It's not like you're just going to not care anymore what people think of you. But I think by building confidence and having meaning in your life, which means living in line with values that are important to you, you will focus on that more and it won't affect you as much wondering what everybody thinks about you all the time, right? And if you feel like someone's judging you or you just feel badly after you have interactions with certain friends or certain people just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. They said something that you didn't really like. It just kind of rubbed you the wrong way. And that consistently happens. Then you need to reassess spending your time and energy with those people. You should be spending time around people who make you feel good and contribute to your mental health in a very positive way and that you have a good connection with where you don't have to wonder what they're thinking of you. If you have really close friends, that's not as much of a concern of wondering what they all think of you. Okay, so with that being said, some things that are helpful are using mindfulness and just trying to stay in the moment and remembering not to mind read. Mind reading is when you think someone is thinking something about you, but you have no idea. That's not based on fact. That's based on an emotional way of thinking and a habitual way of thinking. So it's based on a habit. So you could say, oh, I've kind of been this way or been socially anxious or been critical of myself since I was 16, right? Okay, if you're 36, That's 20 years of thinking this way, of thinking other people are judging you or thinking people are thinking negative things about you, but you have no idea what they're thinking unless they tell you. (laughs) And we're way more harsh on ourselves than other people are. And here's an exercise that can help. I want you to think of whatever it is you're assuming someone's thinking of you and say that out loud as if you're saying it to your best friend or as as if you're saying it to a really close family member. Say that out loud and towards them. Think if the situation was reverse and they were the one that you were thinking about. Say it out loud as if it's directed towards that person. And I'm sure it's going to sound so harsh. Like you would never say that to somebody (laughs) and you would often never think that about somebody. So if you show up late to something or like, oh, they might think, you might think, oh gosh, they're judging me and thinking I'm always late and I'm such a mess and I'm a train wreck and I don't have my life together and you know, it could just spiral out of control. So say that out loud, like as if you're saying that to your best friend about them, or you're thinking that about them. You wouldn't, right? You would not think that about somebody just because they showed up a little late to a holiday party or whatever. So I want you to try to use that technique of switching the roles around, putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Would you be thinking that about them? No, you would not. So most of it's just in our head and in our emotions, not based on fact, logic, and, you know, based instead of being based on emotion and habits. So that's a good way to think of it and kind of nudge yourself out of that pattern and the comparison pattern as well. There's plenty of things we all do that we post on social media. There's plenty of things that we don't post on social media. I've never had that comparison problem with social media because I know that I've seen people post things on social media, happy couple pictures, and then they end up divorced like six months later. 
you know, you never know what's behind the scenes. And I never think that's someone's whole life. That's ridiculous. I think that's their whole life. And it's not bad that they're posting happy pictures that I want to see happy pictures on social media. I don't want to see pictures of you guys fighting, right? (laughs) That's ridiculous. So just think that's what social media is for. It's to share lighthearted, fun, nice pictures. Instagram is a little more aesthetically pleasing and a little more braggy, it can seem like. But I don't ever think that's their whole life, right? There's an influencer I follow and her life seems so perfect and beautiful. And she obviously has a lot of money and goes on vacations, but she can't have a baby. She's went through like four rounds of IVF and can't get pregnant. So I don't envy her life. Like she's devastated, but she she does share that on social media. But she's one of the few, right, that shares both sides of her life very often. But if you didn't know that part about her, you'd just be like, oh God, I'm so jealous. I wish I had this kind of life and her life seems so perfect, right? I never feel that way about people. I always feel pretty confident that people have ups and downs, that it's both and. So that can be helpful. I had a boss once who told me, told us as a group, what someone thinks of you is none of your business. And I loved that. I thought that was so great. I'd like stop and think about it. Like what someone thinks of you is none of your business. And it was perfect. So just expect and accept that people judge other people. You judge other people. It's natural and common. But stay away from the people who seem like they viciously gossip because likely they do that about everybody and it makes you feel more insecure. So those kind of people you can weed out a bit more. And take back control of your feelings by practicing mindfulness. You could do some meditation, yoga, breathing exercises. Remember, perfection is impossible. You're often more harsh on yourself than others are. And building your self-esteem and confidence. You could go back to my other episode where I talk about self-esteem and confidence and give that a listen about how to build up your self-esteem. And I have my self-esteem journal. I'll put that in today's show notes as well. It's a free daily journal you can fill out. It's like three prompts a day. And it just helps you build that muscle of building your self-esteem and confidence if that's an area that you struggle with. So I hope that was helpful. Let's segue next into action item of the week. So action item of the week is similar to what I talked about in a previous episode of doing a little less for the holidays, letting some things go. I mentioned dropping the ball in another episode. So similar to that, instead of dropping the ball, this is more like do a little less this holiday season. And it doesn't mean that's less holiday spirit or less holiday time. But doing less for the sake of enjoying your time and relaxing a little more and having higher quality holiday time. So I've been playing just some like holiday jazz music in the house. This weekend, we really didn't do that much. Dan took Carson on a walk throughout the neighborhood to see all the Christmas lights. And he calls it his Christmas walk. And he put him in our little beach wagon and pulled him all around the neighborhood So he loves that. And that's free and an easy activity. We don't have to pack up two kids into the car and pack a diaper bag and pack all of our stuff. Like, no, instead, Dan just takes them right out our front door, right around the neighborhood. We have tons of Christmas lights in our neighborhood. He loves it. And then he comes back and that's it. Like, we don't have to go through a whole production (laughs) to do that. So doing a little less, like, for example, I don't think I'm going to send out Christmas cards. I mean, I don't often send out Christmas cards anyway. I always think I want to. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to. If I had nice holiday pictures taken, I would send them out. But I just 
don't have the time or energy this season to do that. And that's okay. I'm just like letting that go. I appreciate all the holiday cards I get from people. It's so nice. People send me Christmas cards, even though I never (laughs) send people Christmas cards. That's really nice that people do that because I'm sure some people are like, oh, this one doesn't send me a card. I'm not going to send her one anymore. But I do get a lot of nice cards. I appreciate it. Santa Claus, right? Bringing your kids to see Santa Claus. That can be a whole production. So these are just examples as a parent. But if you don't have kids, I'm sure you have your own examples. Bringing your kids to see Santa Claus. If you don't feel like it, just skip it. Like I think society tells us we should and we see pictures on social media of kids on Santa's lap. And I have pictures of myself on Santa's lap. And it's fun and can be funny and cute and nostalgic. And it's nice to have that. But you don't have to put yourself through it. Like Everett, I know, would be terrified and not go for that. (laughs) Unless I was like holding him and standing there next to Santa. I have an adorable picture of Carson as a baby when he was like, he was only, I don't know, four months old, five months old. And he's being held by Santa and Mrs. Claus. And it's one of my favorite pictures. But I knew, I mean, that little, he doesn't have stranger danger yet. So my kids aren't going to burst into tears and cry. I'm not sure if Carson will be into it or not into it. (laughs) So I'm not going to put myself through all that stress unless we happen to be somewhere and Carson wants to do it. But otherwise, I'm not going to force it because that, again, packing up both kids, going to a mall somewhere, standing in line, it's going to be hot and my kids will probably cry and it's going to cost whatever amount. So just some things that you don't feel like, just scratch it off the list this year. And do something that you want to do and that's easy instead, like bake some cookies with your kids. Kids love that. Or if you're an adult and don't have kids, like make something easy to take to a party. Don't have to go all out. Instead of cooking for the holidays, order catering. I ordered some trays of food when my parents were here from this Italian restaurant. And to feed all of us and have tons of leftovers, it was very affordable, like probably the same price or cheaper than cooking. Because when you make eggplant parm, it's like expensive when you buy all the eggplants and the cheese and the expensive sauce I like to use. It's at the end of the day, like to buy it out as a big tray, you're probably close to your cost already. And you're saving yourself hours of work, stress, cleaning up your kitchen, etc. So just giving you permission again, like I did in my previous episode, take some things off your holiday list and do more of just like quiet, easy, quality time. And that's what people remember anyway, like just spending time together, going out for a walk if it snows, walking around to see the holiday lights, going for a drive to see Christmas lights and getting hot chocolate somewhere and driving around playing Christmas music. That's super fun and easy. And if you have kids, it's easy because you can strap them into those car seats and they don't move. (laughs) And they often fall asleep in the car. So it's a win-win. So just think of for you, what's something you could take off your list and just have more quality instead of quantity. That's all I have for this week. Thank you all for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Take care.